0: So today we're in the book of Isaiah, the 58th chapter and the 12th verse, and it's the restorer of the breach, the rebuilder of waste places. The 58th chapter and the 12th verse reads, And they shall be of thee, shall build the old waste places, thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. I don't know if that's found anywhere else uh, in the Old Testament. Don't see any references. I, I'm just kind of glazing the top of it. In the New Testament, I hadn't seen many references to it or whatever. But such a popular saying, like you know, I've heard that a long time. Uh, repair of the breach. The Amplified Version reads, And your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up and restore age-old foundations, that is, of buildings that have laid, been laid waste. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Thinking about rebuilding Jerusalem and a city for God's people and a habitation for not only Physically, but spiritually, mm-hmm. our spiritual lives has been ravished and ruined because of the breach in the wall. Of breaching we have breached God's covenant. In other words, broken His covenant. I uh, think about coming down. It's coming down scenic highway. There, Exxon is on one side there, and on the other side, I remember it used to be plantation Chevrolet long there. Ben peabody's and a just a whole lot of stores almost that that was the scenic route they called it scenic High. you remember they named it scenic highway because it was such nice scenery and a lot of car lights and everything along there some of the places here in north baton rouge that are many of uh, chemical plants a lot of different places started here in North Baton Rouge, the city, the nucleus of the city, in downtown Baton Rouge, and it moved southward out to, to now where they're trying to they vote a new trying to vote a new city in there. I forgot what was the name of it. They won't can't get it incorporated now. what is Saint George, Saint George, or whatever, but a, a lot of nice stores and banks and everything were here but they've left and and, and when you say the foundations I see where Capital Steel was right here on North Foster now you should work at Paris Lumber right there on the corner of North Foster those two uh, places are dilapidated Mm. Paris Lumber built a big old nice uh, building a big old edifice out there in uh, Zachary, when you go to Lane Memorial, and I forgot the name of that highway where Lane Memorial is, where Parish Lumber moved out there and Capitol Steel moved out toward Greenwell Central, past the Central Thruway out of Florida Boulevard, way out in a big old place. But the places, the steel and the warehouses and all of the big buildings they have, since we have corrupted officials and people don't care about the communities and everything, you have the big steel buildings and everything caving in. Yes. You have the homeless living in places where it used to be the Beric place, Geraldine here on, on the corner of uh, North Foster and all that, but the places when one place moves instead of, they're having a security deposit or something in. They don't have an interest in the neighborhood, and they leave it ravaged and torn. And the building is giant warehouse where Capitol Steel was, and all of that's torn down, you know. Yes. And when it says the foundation and build back the waste places, and you cry for the devastation of the city, it's kind of like on the Matrix when they said man is a parasite. Man is like a parasite. He moves into an area and he sucks all the life out of it and sucks everything out of it. It's satanic the way man goes and it's driven by Satan. Satan is the chief of the law of thermodynamics where he brings everything down. It's in retrograde grade when Satan takes effects. But God's people will come back, make a restoration of the earth. He says he's going to destroy in the book of Revelations. He says he'll destroy those that destroy earth. And he'll his people will come back. The sons of God will come back and rebuild the waste places and re-inhabit the earth. And that man, when God's government, when the government of Jesus Christ takes over, uh, will see those places being turned the way they should be should be operating and it's a fair system. A waste places removed. A restore the breach has to do all of these things. And Most of the sayings are in Isaiah. Now, I'll give you a few chapters here in verses. Isaiah 35 and 1 says, The wilderness and the dry land will be glad. The Arab Arabia desert will shout in exhortation blossom like the autumn crocus. Even the wilderness and desert will rejoice in those days. The desert will blossom with flowers. We can see the aridness of the deserts not being completely taken away, but being made the way God wants them to be without the dangers lurking because we'll see even in that restoration that God has with the sons of God, the millennial reign, whether they hurt or harm in his holy mountain so not that he takes away the snakes or the dangerous animal or whatever but he'll change their nature to where the lion can lay down with the lamb animal is the only one made with instinct and all of that changed when adam ate of the forbid fruit when he disobeyed god and it was kicked out into the wilderness wilderness and the earth was cursed it brought forth thorns and thistles instead of the way God had meant for it to be the example would have been the Garden of Eden and that that's what we could do return the earth to a condition as it was in the Garden of Eden but the whole earth would be that way because that would have been our job to tend and have dominion over the earth and that's what the sons of God will do so uh, Isaiah 41 and 18 It says, I will give fountains of water in the valleys. In the deserts will be pools of waters, and rivers fed by springs shall flow across dry, parched ground. Sort of like what they're kind of doing over in, uh, what is that place where they have, over in Dubai, where they have the big buildings and they're building. But they'll take the army. If you take the army, the Navy, all of the military, the armed forces, yeah. doing under a reign of Jesus Christ when it wouldn't be weapons of mass destruction, They'll beat. the scripture say they'll beat their weapons into plowshares yeah. In other words, if they had nuclear energy or some sort of power source like that, it would be for agricultural means. Mm. It would be for lighting the earth. It would be for generating power sources, the work mankind would take on. And and like I said, I don't believe in the way people had painted heaven and the earth and the world as man just laying around doing nothing in complete idleness because as I've grown older or whatever, you know, I miss my working. I miss my job, you know, getting up, going to work and the things I doing in retirement and when I used to cut grass and everything, I miss doing those things. I think that makes man who he is to working. And God gave Adam a job in the garden. He says, tend the garden. So I think all those things are part of who man is. A part of what makes mankind, mankind is the uh, act of achieving and accomplishing things. And it created each one of us for a purpose or whatever. So when all of the armaments, that Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, that's archaic. That's ancient. I think we don't need those kinds of weapons anymore. We wouldn't need them to kill. Or the dangers would be removed and the weaponry wouldn't be used against men. So I look forward to the scriptures of beating their weapons in the plowshares. In other words, changing them to progress be like on what it was, Demolition Man, where the only place that you can see a weapon would be in a museum or something and just say how archaic it was that man would go to war against man killing one another over the desires within them, the politics, the body of having and covetousness. Those are the wicked things that lie within unconverted man, a man that knows not God. Isaiah 44 and 26 says, Confirming the word of his servant and carrying out the plan of his messages. It is I who says of Jerusalem, She shall be inhabited and the cities of Judah. They shall again be built and I will raise up and restore the ruins. So as we look at a lot of the fallen places and the desolate and the ruins of some of the churches and some of the places where beautiful churches and things have been turned into other uses or whatever. And I like the way a lot of the Catholics build some of the edifices, the churches that they have. They're great builders of cathedrals and churches and a restoration of all things because it would be one nation under God. In other words, one world. Jerusalem is the Jerusalem that comes down from heaven. It wouldn't be the the denominational. It wouldn't be the the religious divisions we have now. Verse 49 and chapter 49 and 19 says, for your ruins and desolate places and your lands, once the scene of of destruction, certainly nine coming years will be too cramped for the inhabitants. And those who once engulf you will be far away. He's going to take away the evil people and the things that would bond and bring us into captivity and bondage. The living version reads, even the most desolate parts of your abandoned land shall be crowded with your people and your enemies who enslave you shall be far away. So he's talking about removal of the wicked into into the Netherlands. In other words, the wicked will be removed out of the earth. He's talking about building and you places where you see vast amounts of land instead of just open the open spaces some of it is good and i look at a lot of pictures i have screen savers that come up and show the each screen save as it rotates and show some of the national monuments and some of the beautiful streams and mountains and things all of that picture crits life all of the scenery and thing that's so beautiful so uncontaminated by man but then there'll be dwelling places there'll be the cities there'll be the rural areas there'll there'll be those because some wouldn't want to live in a rural area and some wouldn't want to live in cities but God gives us the desires that where we feel comfortable that which has been in our hearts of who we are so I don't have anything against city dwellers or New York dwellers or metropolitan dwellers or those that like the suburbs or those that like the very rural areas or whatever. Because God had made us different. He had made mankind with all of these distinct parts and we should love each other. We should. It should be the, the love of God spread abroad in trying to, Help mankind be all God destined mankind to be. Uh, fifty Isaiah fifty one and thirteen says, "For the Lord will comfort Zion, coming through her captivity." In other words, as this is going on, I don't know how the election turn will turn out coming up this year. I know Louisiana is in a pretty bad predicament with the political and the religious scene we have here in America and with christian nationalism and i'm looking forward to it's a movie that rob reiner has coming out a documentary god and country on i think it comes out on february 16 16th or whatever but god's people god's bringing us somewhere this is linear god's headed somewhere to fulfill his word or whatever and when we see all of this coming together it says for the lord where he will comfort all her ruins and he will make her wilderness like Eden and the desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving in the voice of melody. So it's a happiness and a peace that God gives his people, even right now doing all of this chaos, God's bringing about his kingdom. That's why I pray each morning, thy kingdom come, that thy will be done. And he's bringing us, as we pray to God, praying and fasting and walking in his word and his will and praying according to his word, according to his will. We see all of these things coming about, and he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. So that, that's a peace and a joy that man can't take away. And no matter what's going on around us, we have that inner peace, and we know God's working through us. Jesus Christ is working in us. His spirit is working. It is the zeal of the Lord of hosts to reconcile us back unto God. Isaiah 52 and 9, And break forth into joy. Sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord had comforted his people, and he had redeemed Jerusalem. It reminds me of the scripture in the book of Romans where the The whole of creation waited for the manifestations of the sons of God because creation itself had been subject to vanity. Wherefore, the mountains sing forth, the flowers, the wind, the earth, and all to come to blossom in God, and what God has created, and all it should be. All of the danger will be removed out of the world, no more impediments to serving God and singing with joy the peace of God ruling. In some places where it says waste places, the Amplified says ruins, desolate, something being destroyed. Isaiah 61 and 4 says, and they shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Who is this day? It says, and your people will reveal angels. It's us. It's our children. It's our grandchildren. All of the ones that we pray for. And I I consistently pray for my children each and every day, but not only my children, for their children. For my brothers and sisters, for my family, for my neighbors, for my community. And I just praise and thank God. God's such a wonderful God. And we give him thanksgiving and praise and give him the hallelujah. Each and every day. Every day would be like Sabbath day. Sabbath day is such a beautiful day. I don't know why. Next we start on the Sabbath teaching next the Sabbath, next Sunday. Next Sunday. Not next Sabbath day. Next Sabbath day I'll do Sabbath day sermon. But Sunday we'll start on teaching on the Sabbath again because this chapter ends with if you were delight in my Sabbaths, this would come about. The last one we have is Ezekiel 36 and 10 where it says, I will multiply men upon you, all of the house of Israel, even all of it, and the city shall be inhabited and the waste place it shall be built. I was talking to my sister the other day when we went by to serve her communion. and was telling about, you know, all of my cute children aren't where I want them to be. All of my relatives aren't where I want them to be. But they're right where God has them. But as part of his plan, he has us praying and hoping that God would multiply men unto us. In other words, people. Yes. And it says, pray the Lord of the harvest. He tells us, pray the Lord of the harvest, that he would send more laborers into the vineyard. That he would send our people into the churches to help build the church. To realize that they've been lost and they need to come back to God. They need to help repair the breach. Everybody should be have a job to be repairers of the breach in the wall. To be restorers. They're not fulfilling God's purpose. So some won't. Some may die. Some may be destroyed. But they have feel or run their course. But God has those that he had called and he had chosen and I don't know who it is and which ones it is. That's why I never give up hope and I always pray for. Them. But one day we'll have so many people into this church, into this place, that we won't be able to move about. It would be, it says, the Amplifier says, I will multiply people on you, all the house of Israel indeed, all of it. The cities shall be inhabited and the ruins will be rebuilt. We could have Bible study every day prayer service every day people wanting to pray and knowing how to testify and what really is a testimony knowing how to love one another having fellowship and worship together having communion together in the lord yes. he says i will greatly increase your population throughout all of israel In israel he's talking about the seed of abraham those of faith which is as the sand of the sea Many nations shall come out of Abraham. Those are the children of faith, not those the physical. He's talking about spiritual here. And the ruined city shall be rebuilt and filled with people. The whole earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And they'll come together and say, let us go up into the house of the Lord and worship. Let us go see what the Lord has said because... There would will be hindrances and things that happen to you if you don't do it, if you don't follow the word of God. Lamentations two thirteen, what things shall I take to witness for thee? What things shall I liken thee to, O daughter of Jerusalem? What shall I equal to thee that I may comfort thee, O virgin daughter of Zion? For thine breach is great like the sea, and who can heal thee? The breach. The people of the church, the people of God, the, the breach there. Adam created a breach. He put Adam out of the Garden of Eden. He had no longer could communicate with man, could communicate with God. But he sent a man. He couldn't find no, no man. He searched and couldn't find one. And he said, He'll send his son. He sent his son, and Jesus Christ healed that breach. He repaired the breach. And we're to be little Christ as We're to be just like Jesus. Mending and healing the breach according to the word of God. Walking in faith. Breach could be called a wound. A wound. As someone wounded you, you know. And until that wound heals, you're not going to be the same. It's going to be tender. It's going to be sore. It's, it's not going to be whole. And jesus christ sent his word to heal us we should carry forth that word to heal people if we use the word of god and i told you exhortation and praise and all of the things of god strengthens one another stressing the body of christ who had known what gift god had healed gave you to help heal the church to be a repair of the breach but until you study the word of god and the spirit lead you and guide you in all understanding and knowledge and pray to god for wisdom and knowledge to understand uh you will be in bad shape that's why i say we must first heal ask god to heal us yeah. we must praise get ourselves in proper perspective breach has a very interesting usage in the english language and it pertains to our relationship with god and the church's present state. But when we think of breach in the secular language, it's like breaking a contract to, to, to not fulfill an obligation in a contract to, to do something against a covenant. And uh, the Reader's Digest has a lot of synonyms from for breach just like Vines Dictionary and different Bible dictionaries half of the word breach it can mean break, gap, you know, stand in the gap. There's an opening in the fence. There's a rupture. A rupture is considered a breach. I have sometime this year, I have a uh a, a hyaline, a, 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 a guineal honey, and it was a soft spot. In other words, where the intestines has a problem that it, it's, it could come out. It's a weakness there. Mm-hmm. And there's a breach, a weakness in the church. Uh, The word breach also could mean split, alienation, uh, skims. shouldn't be skims as in the body of Christ, which heresy and false doctrine and all these things causes skims. It causes estrangement, and we have to work to get those things out of the body of Christ. So the repair of the breach, we have to learn what we should be doing to repair this breach in the body of Christ. Because the church is a body. It's the body of Christ. It's a living organism, as we can say. But it's spiritual. It's spiritual. But we have a physical analogy that we take and talk about here. So we can kind of see that. Because faith... We can't see, but we see through the eyes of God. Jesus Christ gives us this, and we see these things coming together in a spiritual building, built up. The first definition for breach uh, is concerning the breaking of a failure to observe a law of contract. I was telling you about contracts, a standards, and we fail God. And that's one thing when we repent, when God brings us back into covenant, when we see God's word, when we hear the hearing of faith, God's word preached. God's word preached, and you say he had sent his word to heal us. And that's why in feeding the sheep, in feeding the sheep, it heals the body of Christ. It heals up the wounds, and that's why he says... Sometimes that they use untemperate mortar. In other words, they use parts of God's Word in a profane of a wrong way, and it's not, how can I say it, it's not through the Spirit. It's not Spirit-led. It's not through a born-again Spirit, because unless Jesus Christ builds the house, we labor in vain. And he had sent the Spirit to reveal or show us, or lead us, and guide us. So it has to be spirit, how how this is put together. It has to be of the spirit. Whatever is not of the spirit, the foundation shall be shaken. If the foundation is shaken, what's going to remain? Only that that's built up on a rock. Only that that's built up on Jesus Christ because the winds will come. The storms in life is going to come and beat against those foundations. It's going to beat against us and we're going to be tried as a fire. If we use wood, stubble, and hay in that building when it tests the foundations, it's going to be burned. Be careful how we build here. Be careful how we build. We have a covenant, a contract with God and he had given us a standard, and he writes it upon our hearts. In the Old Testament, it was the Ten Commandments, and we know that's the same spiritual thing that he uses when he circumcises He writes those laws upon our hearts. And as the Christian nationalists trying to use to force people into a Christianity to force the laws of God to force morality in which God realized that it was Weak, but through the flesh, yeah. and that—that's why we can see another Jesus rising up in this nation, this Babylon that we're living in. Another Jesus, and it's going to come a time. And that's why I say in this, in, in with the body politics, where the beast has united, the church have united, the false prophet, the beast, the governmental systems are united in religion, but it's a false religion. It's Antichrist. So we have to be very careful here. Spiritually, a repair of the breach is one who restores the right way. And it all begins with self, taking the beam out of our own eyes so that we can see clearly. We can see clearly. It starts right here at home. It's The epicenter is right in our own heart. The problem is with us. That's where it starts And He may have no influence or control over what others do, but he does have control over what he does. So, think, you can't control your wife. You can't control your children. You don't have any control over those things. But you can control what you do. You can control what you say. You be led by the Spirit and you buffet your body or whatever. Save yourself from this untoward generation. He may have to take your wife out of here. He may have to take your children out of here or whatever. They may be disobedient or whatever, but you need to fear God for yourself. Now, now this serves a great deal like First John 3 and 4, which says, Sin is which separates and creates a breach. Sin is the transgression of God's law. That's the definition. That's what sin is. That, it says, your iniquity has separated you from God. That he who named the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And if we regard sin in our heart, God won't hear our prayers. And that's the problem we see here in Isaiah, where he's not hearing the people's praying. He's not seeing. He sees it but he's not Recognizing their prayer and fasting Their assemblies and things He's not present there because Of their religiosity Has created a facade A hypocritical nation The second definition is Breaking of a relations Or relationship Or an estrangement from Christ being backslidden From who you're married to You've left your first love You've been joined together with idols. It's like having a quarrel and how can two walk together unless it, they agree? You didn't gotten a dispute and your spouse says this and you've done something else. Now he or she don't want to talk or whatever and y'all really not communing together unless you come back into accord with them. But suppose they are abiding in the wrong standard. Suppose they're going the wrong way and they're pulling you that way. That's why Paul gives that Sometime estrangement or separation is necessary. That's why sometimes two don't the irreconcilable difference. So something that had been joined together is broken. I'm going to tell you when sometimes Humpty Dumpty is broken and you can't put it back together again. A broken state we see a broken state of Israel over there right now bombing the Palestinians or whatever and they're thinking in a physical manner but it's not the Israel of God it's those that say that they're of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob it's a it's a human it's it's a, a human face upon it it's not spiritual it's not the love of God and God says that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be set down in the kingdom, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out. Publicans and harlots shall come in because of their religion, a false religion, or the false piety that they show. Together, these describe almost exactly what has happened to the church as a result of breaking the covenant, breaking its laws that's why we have so many different denominations and so many things going on within this nation there's been a breaking of relations with God because of the church's failure as a body to live up to the contract we've made with it and Christ reminded the seven churches of that in revelations where he says I have somewhat against you He told them what they were doing good and what was in line with the church. But I don't know of any good thing that he said about the Laodicean church. I know the church at Philadelphia, he said good things about it. I don't even think he told it it had to repent. But that Laodicean church, that seems as much this church age as any other church age it is defined in the bible so we have a problem here and we have to start addressing these problems and that's part of the problem with the church they're not addressing the problem everything is being allowed to go anything goes religion their way when he when we repair our own personal breach with god the breach in the wall closes a bit, but you have to not move. You have to be steadfast, immovable in the faith, and let everything else come and center around you. Yes. You have to bring it in harmony with your God. You have to ask the Christian the nationalists to make a stand for the God that they believe in or whatever. That's all fine and dandy because even the devils believe in trembling. But sometimes one has to be right and the other one wrong, or they're both wrong, but they can't be both right if they're saying contradictory things. It's a dichotomy here. It's not just a paradox. It's a, it's a force that's leading this, the spirit of error, the spirit of antichrist. And we have to beware, because it says we're wrestling on, not against... Flushed blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. So Satan has this going on, and we know that the battle is the Lord's, but we know the battle has been won, and we need to be following on the victorious side. We need to be led by the Spirit of God, because we win in the end. It is as if a stone or a brick was added to the wall, and another person again in a good relationship with God. So if he's building up a spiritual house and we are hearing from God, we have to stand strong on that. But the weakness, I see one of the weaknesses today is the men. Yes. We have weak men today. And we have the feminists in the movements such as the Me Too movement. Granted, some women has been take, have been taken advantage of but a lot of them are liars, a lot of them are deceitful, and a lot of them are of the spirit Jezebel. That spirit was prominent. We see it in Thyatira, the church of Thyatira, the spirit of Jezebel. Amos 4, 1, 2, 3. Listen at Amos, how he says, he says, Hear this word, you well-fed, pampered cows. He's talking to the women of Bashan. Who are on the mountains of Samaria. Who oppressed the poor. Who crushed the needy. Who say to their husbands. Bring the wine now and let us drink. The Lord God has sworn an oath by his holiness that behold. The days are coming upon you when they shall take you away with meat hooks. And the last of you with fish hooks. And you shall go out through the breaches. That is the holes in the wall. Through the gaps. Of the cracks in the wall The world has drawn you out of there You've been planted up on thorny ground Up on wayward ground Up on the rocky ground And you've not rooted in the soil And God's going to root you out of here He says Every woman straight before her Unable to turn aside And you shall be cast to harm." And says the Lord the Living Virgin says, listen to me, you fat cows of a They use the word cow that's for woman, but it's talking about women. Uh, the symbolism is, a, is the church. Now, they told you in the latter days, the church here. You women who encourage your husbands to rob the poor and crush the needy, you who never have enough to drink. You don't have to pay a full tithe. You can skip this. Some men, they have to put up for Christmas and Thanksgiving or a lot of these holidays or when the children or the grandchildren or their relatives and everything, they take the money and they spend it on things of their pleasure and they devise it, but they're not giving God what he's supposed it's just due. They rob God. He says, how you robbing me in tithes and offerings. In other words, their portion comes first. We we could skip paying tithes this week. We're not able to pay it. We can we don't have an offering. God can make it on some change or something. Something someone else would make it the difference. So it says the women who are being materialist in the weak men who who's not standing up for God, who's not standing in the breach, not standing in the gap to make the sacrifices. It says, The Lord God has sworn by his holiness that the time will come when he will put hooks in your noses and lead you away like the cow that you are. They will drag the last of you away with fish hooks. You will be hauled from your beautiful homes and tossed out the nearest breach in the wall. As in Jezebel and Tyra, 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 He says he's going to cast her and her children into a bed of death. He's going to destroy. So we see a lot of young people dying, a lot of women in domestic affairs and things. All of this must be. God is at work. You'd better pray. You'd better learn to pray and fast. you better ask God to lead you in this time. And this is some very vivid language Amos is using here. He calls the women of Israel cows. He seemed to aim his derision at affluent women who are perhaps using their affluence in a manner that God is highly displeased with. Spiritually, he could be talking about some of the various groups. As I said, the women the woman here could stand for a type of the church type of religion that are present during that time. Go out at the breaches, he's saying, a breaking, a split, a cleft, or breaking the wall. Symbolically, a wall means protection. Yeah. I've preached on protection in the walls and all of these things before. Cities once had walls to protect them from enemies on the outside remember the walls of jericho where the people marched around the walls of jericho following god's instructions the walls of jericho fell down without man doing anything actually they just marched around the wall one time each day and then on the seventh day they marched around it seven times in blue and shouted and the walls fell down divinely the walls are falling down now but are we following God's instructions? Are we marching around the walls? Mm-hmm. Yes. we following God's instructions. We read of Babylon where he had had walls that was so... No, it was Nineveh with the wide walls, the walls that two chariots, a few chariots, could ride abreast of the walls around Nineveh. But in Nahum, we see where Nahum prophesies the fall of Nineveh because Nineveh failed to stay... In a repentant state. Because after the preaching of Jonah. We see God granted Nineveh a reprieve. Reproved because the people repented. As a lot of people here may have repented after 9-11. There some of them may have repented after COVID or whatever. But it's not a continual repentance. Repentance is daily. A, a continual turning toward God. We must be keeping our garments spotless each day that's why we need to be in church continually not forsaking the fellowship of ourselves because he's looking for a church without a spot or a wrinkle you remember i said we got to fill all the little cracks and crevices in the walls we have to use tempered mortar the tempered mortar is the word of god and man shall live not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And Paul said he would not fail to declare the whole counsel of God. So you have to know it all. You have to, Ezekiel told him, eat the roll. Eat the whole roll. We ate of the bread yesterday. He says, this is the bread, it's my body, which is broken for you. That's the manner that cometh down from heaven. If you continue in his word, then are you his disciples. Go come a time to see whether you're feasting on the word of God or you're feasting on the world. If the wall is split, it allows room for invaders to come in so that the inhabitants are no longer secure. We let MTV in. We let MTV is not popular nowadays, I guess. It's TikTok and all of Facebook and all of the activity on social media, and the things that are coming in the world with. Twitter Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. Uh, Sports, we're letting it in with food and all of the various things. There's a breach. The wall's been breached. The enemy is coming over the walls. Mm -hmm. It's time for drastic actions. We have to learn to pray and fast. Mm -hmm. It also allows those who are inside an opportunity to go outside into the world, but it allows the world to come inside the world is coming into the church. Satan's ministers have come in, and not only come into the church, setting into the church. They're in the pulpits. His ministers have been transformed into ministers of light. They're leading the church. They're saying that men can marry men, women can marry women, and that all of these things has to be granted in the church unless we go prosecute you for a hate crime. You can no longer preach the entirety of God's word, but we know that's the only way that we can live. So we need to fight this fight. This is a hill that we have to learn that we will have to die on this hill. Mm. Fornication and adultery and women that are, are lewd women, strange women. When you see the moral decay and the decadence of the woman fall, that's the last vestiges of society. That's the last stronghold when the morality of the women drop. Yeah. Usually that's the last pin to go. Yes. See, man is upheld a lot of times from doing things because of his wife or family. But if the wife is, she's Jezebel. Mm. Ahab was granted a little bit of reprieve prove, a reprieve because when Elijah told him when he was warned, He humbled himself. He humbled himself, and God used it and said, You see how Ahab humbled himself? I'll I'll not do it this, but I'll do it in his son's time. But Jezebel, when it come her time, she was still in the world. She's still of the world. She went and started putting on makeup. She went and started dressing up, and that's what the church is doing. It's dressing up. It thinks it's that spirit of seduction she thought she couldn't seduce. But wo, lo and behold, that wasn't regular men come in. It was men that God had granted that they were eunuch. And God will accept the eunuchs in the church. The eunuchs didn't have a need for the woman now. God had made them eunuchs. It was the eunuchs that threw Jezebel over the wall. It was the eunuchs that threw over the wall. So this is a man that you couldn't seduce because he wasn't coming there for sexual fulfillment or anything. You couldn't take him down that way. He was going to throw you down. He going to come in a way you know not. Mm. God's telling the cows of Bashan that they will go out and to capture the world, but as captives. The lascivious dress that we have, the markings and... All of the things that we're doing to bring God's man down, there are those men in the church, God's men, that are rebuilding the walls, rebuilding the walls. Mm. Ezekiel 22, 25-30 says, There's a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion, ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasures and precious things, They have made her many willows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hid their eyes from my sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst of her, they are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain, and our prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and dividing lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God when the Lord had not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully, and I have sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. I didn't find a man to stand in the gap. There's a conspiracy. This is the living virgin. He says, there's a conspiracy of her false prophets in her midst, like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured human life. They have taken in their greed, treasure, and precious things. They have made many widows among them. Her priests have done violence to my laws and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the the holy, the, which is sacred, and the profane, the secular. They have not taught people the difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hid their eyes from my sabbaths, and I am profane among them. Her princes within are like wolves, tearing and devouring the prey shedding blood and destroying lives in order to get dishonest gain. Her prophets have smeared, whitewashed for them, seeing false visions and dividing lies for them, saying, Thus is the Lord God when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land have practiced oppression and extortion and have committed robbery. They have wronged the poor and needy. They have oppressed a stranger without justice. I search for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me and for the sake of the land that I would not destroy it, but I found none. That's the Amplified. I thought that was the living. Uh, but the first one was the King James. We always tendency to the put the King James in there first. Yeah. The Amplified was second. But you see that it's the false prophet, it's the Nation, like Christian nationalism with a lot of false prophets and a a humane Christianity not a super and in other words Christianity has to be supernatural mm. it has to be spiritual it has to have empathy it it cannot operate the way we see Christianity uniting with politics today It's uniting with politics. it's a whole different face on Christianity. Thank God there's so much showing that the nation is polar. It's divided. It is torn apart. God has to destroy the nation so that we can build it back. Mm, They're saying make America great again, but they're trying to build it in the the tower of Babel back. Mm. And God's going to confuse their language. You see, they can't get along with one another. There's no unity there because they're using untempered mortar. It's politics and religion mixing at its worst, and we've seen in the image of Daniel that the ten toes couldn't be united. And across the nation, and I told you, the Arab Spring was going to come here last, but we see this worldwide. We see the different governments being torn apart worldwide. The New Testament, I mean, the living version read, Your prophets have plotted against you like lions stalking prey. They devour many lives. They seize treasures. In other words, they're going after the tithes, the offerings, the jets, the relatives and everything within the church making the money, and the leaders and the politicians and everything. The walls are down in the church. It says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. A remnant will survive this. And that's why I said we need to pray that we be among the survivors, but we, be, we need to pray for the whole body of Christ. Amen. There are many good Amen. preachers and teachers. And, and that's why I say our prayer list should be getting longer and longer of those that God just lays up on our heart to pray for. The prayers, God's seeing your prayers. You remember those that mourn and sigh for the destruction of the nation, for the destruction that's going on among us. Do we have a wall to keep the enemies of God way out of our lives and out of our homes? Have we set boundaries against the world or have we torn down the wall? They says a woman that tear down her own home with her own hands. Sometimes she can, by her own devices, tear apart her own house. As Adam was responsible for that, God says, Adam, where are you? He says, because you've listened at your wife. Men will to have to give account. God's searching for a man. You will to have to get starched with you. And he told Joshua, if you be strong and of a good courage, I'll be with you as I was with Moses. But you remember Moses stood in the gap. Moses stood in the breach and he says, Lord, destroy me. Before you blot these people out, blot me out. God wouldn't let him stand there, you can't contest God. God made a scene, some insincerity. He said, look, Moses, you go your way or whatever. But those that sin against me, I'll take care of them. Yes. Those that sin against me, gonna answer. Every sin and transgression is going to receive. It's just recompense of reward. There's no nepotism here. You're not getting into heaven through nepotism. God is could be impartial here. He's not gonna be partial to the poor, to the rich, he's not gonna be partial to whoever you are. If you're not covered by the blood, if you're not walking in Christ Jesus <laughs> and it could be testing time coming now. If we have a wall, are we leaving the gates open or unguarded? You remember that's how they got into Babylon? They was feasting and enjoying just like we feasting. It says it could be as the times of Noah. They were eating and drinking until the day Noah went in the ark and shut the door. Well, they were feasting and having a good time. Then they seen the handwriting on the wall. Mm -hmm. Cyrus, God's servant, Cyrus, God had chosen Cyrus, a pagan, a Gentile king. Cyrus walked, dried up the, blocked the river, walked up the riverbanks. He captured Babylon without a shot fired, without an arrow fired. It's showing you it was by divine means. Someone left the gate open. They left the two gates, lead gates to the city open. Are we leaving the gates to the city open? It says the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. But see, those gates God opens doors that no man can close, but he also closed doors no man can open. And that's why I say they're spiritual. And he's calling his people out of Babylon. He says, Come out of Babylon. Now if you stay in there, you could be partaker of her plagues. Because why? This is not geographical. This is happening in your spiritual life. You remember I told you that which Adam did had a spiritual. Spiritual effect—that's what gets us the spiritual effect in us. That's walking by faith. We seeing this from God's perspective, and when those fall down around us, it's going to be that it's manifesting itself in the physical. It's too late now. You—that you, character has been fixed and fitted in. You—you you have been marked. God had already sealed his people in the forehead. But your mark is the mark of the beast. In other words, you love the world, the things of the world, and the ways of the world. You don't have the seal of God in your forehead. We can see who you are. And that's why I say you can see those in Christian nationalism that they're not saints of God. Just because you're a Republican, I don't mean you're a Christian. It might mean you're an antichrist. Whether you're Democrat, Independent, Socialist, whatever it is, God doesn't go through party lines. Catholic, Muslim, Buddhist, God doesn't go through religion. It's the circumcision of the heart. He made a covenant. God made a covenant. We see in Ezekiel, the the 34th through the 36th chapter, where Jesus Christ came in and made a covenant with his people. He circumcised their hearts. And start to sprinkle them with clean water. They were being washed in the blood of the lamb. Are we willing to fight to defend our families and our church? Or do we just let the enemies stream in unchallenged? Are we willing to stand up to the world? Remember, God's going to challenge you on this now. He's going to try you. First Timothy 5 and 8 says, If we fail to provide for the needs of our loved ones, both physically and spiritually, We are worse than unbelievers. A spiritual wall is designed to keep spiritual problems out. But a spiritual wall anchored by God is designed to keep spiritual entities out. In other words, he gives you that ability to try the spirits, and if not of God, you can cast it out. Satan can come in and take out, you can cast it out. They have, you have authority with Jesus Christ. Have we done anything to protect our families? Uh, has the world and this hurled our little puny walls? In other words, we can protect them best on our knees praying. Praying to God. Praying and fasting. That's, that's how that kind go out because they're already inside. The enemy's in the house. Yeah, yeah. The enemy's in the house you ever see the horror picture where the enemy is in the house, he's upstairs, downstairs, the enemy is in the house. Yes. But that kind goes out only but by prayer and fasting. Let's pray to God. Let's fast. Let's be strengthened. In, let's walk in his word. Studying the word of God. We have to know the word of God. Study to show ourselves approved. Workers that need not be ashamed. But we also have to be doers of God's word do as a God's word. So Satan, he hates walls. He said, we could all get along. We're all God's children. We should accept everybody. Yeah, but God's got to deal with you because you're trying to breach the wall. And we, we know that man shall not lie with man as man lie with woman. Yes. We know that you can't breach that wall. I don't, I don't know how you think you could get in here like that. That's why when he said Satan, how did you think you could get? It? He says, Have you tried my servant Job? He said, No, you got a hedge up around him. Because mm. you always say, since where, Satan, whence comest thou? I'm gonna have to finish the rest of this come Wednesday night. I'm about the breach the walls and repairing the walls because, like I said, we have to be strong in this area. Yes. It takes courage. Heavenly Father.